ultimately, he dies. I believe that the Lord has definitely given me a word for the upcoming year, 2014. And I believe that the word that God has birthed in my heart and burned in my spirit is the word challenge. Challenge. I believe that God wants me to place a challenge before all of us at the grace place for the coming year. God has begun to impress upon me the fact that things can be totally different in all of our lives in the coming year. I, I, I completely believe that God wants to totally turn some things around for you in the year 2014. And so if you're here this morning and there are some things in your life, you need a turnaround. You need some things to turn around in your life. I believe with all of my heart this morning that God wants to turn whatever that is. He wants to turn that around for you in the coming year. I believe that this coming year can be the year that God finally answers that prayer. You know that prayer that you've been praying for and praying for and praying for, and maybe it has even been year after year after year, and you've been praying for it for a long, long time. I believe that the coming year, this can be the year when God is going to answer that prayer for you. I believe that 2014 could be the year for your healing. You have been struggling physically, and oh, it's been such a long time and such a long process, but I believe that this could be the coming year. In this coming year, it could be the year when God gives you that healing. I totally believe that, that, that this coming year could be the year of breakthrough in the area of finances, in the area of relationships, in the area of business, in the area of family issue. I believe that God wants to do some breakthrough in a lot of lives in the coming year. Who knows? It could be the year that you become engaged. Could be the year that you find your life's mate. Could be the year that you finally conceive. You've been married for a long, long time and you've had a desire to have a baby, but for whatever reason you were unable to. I believe that this coming year, this could be the year that you conceive. As I was seeking God, and, and, and actually, usually it's when I'm seeking God, but I'm gonna, I really believe that God sought me out this year. I really believe that, that it wasn't necessarily that I was seeking God so much, but, but, but that God came upon me one day as, I, as we were gone uh, a couple of weeks and a few days into our trip. And, and man, God began to speak to me and God began to talk to me and God began to overwhelm me with the fact, amen, that he wants to do some incredible and unbelievable things in the coming year. And I began to get excited as God started pouring into my spirit this thought that this is going to be the year of unprecedented breakthrough and growth for some people. The people who will accept the challenges that I am going to set before you in the next five weeks is going to be incredible. Now for some of you and maybe for many of you and hopefully not for most of you, but for some of you, it's just simply going to be business as usual. You will continue to rock along in the boat of mediocrity. You'll continue to make your excuses and continue to point your finger of blame as to why you are who you are and why you act like you act 
and the reason why you just can't be happy. And for some of you, you you will hold on to your bitterness and you will keep marching to the drumbeat of poor, poor me. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Guess I'll go eat worms. Some of you will continue to struggle in your finances, unwilling to bite the bullet and pay the price to become free of the stranglehold of debt. Some of you will end the year 2014 with the very same problems that you ended this year with. Another year will come and another year will go and there will be no change in your family and there will be no change in your finances and there will be no change in your faith and there will be no change in your future. For many of you, 2014 will be no different than 2014. And 13. But for others. But for others. But for some. Hopefully for you. If you will accept and embrace the challenges that I'm going to place before you. In this five-part series, I'm calling Challenge 2014. Understanding that it is not actually me that is issuing these challenges, but it is God himself. Let me ask you this this morning. Are you happy with your life? As it is right now. If you are, just keep doing what you're doing. Because if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you've always been getting. So if you're happy with the way your life is, just keep doing what you're doing. But if you're not satisfied with your life, if you want more, You better listen up the next five weeks and then do more than just listen. Because that's the problem with too many people today. And that's the problem with some of you. All you do is listen. You come every Sunday and you listen. And you come the next Sunday and you listen. And the next Sunday and you listen and you listen and you listen and you listen and you listen. listen. You're good at listening. But it's time to take the next step and start start implementing into your life what you've been hearing. James 1 and 22 says, Be doers of the word and not just hearers whereby you are deceiving yourself. Think about it this way this morning. If you accept the challenges of the next five weeks and at the end of the year you are not satisfied with the results, you can always go back to what wasn't working before. (laughs) But here's what I totally believe this morning. Your life will be totally and completely different 
You'll experience a total turnaround by the end of next year if you will embrace and accept Challenge 2014. The first challenge that I believe God wants me to place before you today, and that's our message for today, and that is the faith challenge. The faith challenge. I believe that God is challenging all of us here today to a new level of faith. God is challenging us today to believe him to do in and through us what we have never, ever experienced before. And listen to me this morning. Listen to me. If things turn around for you in one or more areas of your life this coming year, it will only be because that you exercised your faith. It was because that you, you, you it, would be, it will be because through faith you prayed. Yeah. If you have a turnaround this coming year, it'll be because, because of through faith you believed, through faith you acted, and through faith you obeyed. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible. Say impossible. impossible. Without faith it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to him must believe that he is and... And that he is the rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And Jesus himself said in Mark 9 and 23, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. May I suggest to you this morning that it was through faith that David killed the giant Goliath. He said to the giant, he said, you come to me with your spear and your shield and your sword. But he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, in the name of the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. It was through faith that David conquered Goliath. It was through faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked through the burning fiery furnace without harm. And it was by faith that Peter walked on the water while all the other 11 disciples sat in the boat and watched him. And may I remind you that it was by faith that Bethel, ten and a half years ago, refused to go down in defeat. And by faith, old Bethel became new Bethel. And may I remind you That it was by faith that new Bethel had the courage to build the grace place. And may I remind you this morning, oh, oh, it is going to be by faith. It will take faith to fill the grace place. And it will certainly take faith for us to actually become the grace place. Let me ask you this morning, will you accept the challenge? Will you accept the faith challenge that God has impressed me to place before you today? Will you accept the faith challenge personally? To believe God that this coming year God is going to do for you what he has never done before. That God is going to do in and through you what you've never seen him do in and through you before. And how about it, Grace? Place family, are we willing this morning? Are we willing to embrace, oh, and accept the challenge, oh, the faith challenge, oh, to believe that God will help us to fill this building, and then when we fill it, we can fill it again, and to believe, God, that we can do more and more than we've ever done before. Amen. 
Challenge 2014 begins with the faith challenge. Now, there are two areas in our lives where God wants to challenge our faith. Number one, faith to be. Faith to be. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, Turn with me there. The book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. And for those of you that think pastors are a little rough around the edges, listen to what Paul puts in writing. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things in, unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself. In love. Wasn't too bad there, Paul, but you get a little more testy over here. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1 through 3, Paul writes and he said, Hey guys, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. <laughs> he just told the church of Corinth they weren't spiritual but they were worldly. He said, I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, <laughs> as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able. For you're still carnal, Where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? In these verses that we just read, the Apostle Paul admonishes the church in Ephesus and Corinth that it's time to step up. Time to step up. Time to Grow up. Amen. Let me understand that it's okay for a baby to act like a baby. Yes. Amen. Yes. It's okay for a toddler to act like a toddler. But as the years go by, you begin to expect more from them. As the years go by, there should be some maturing taking place. Amen. Now, I have three grandgirls. You didn't know that, did you? Of course you knew that. I have three grandgirls. My oldest grandgirl is 10, and then the next one is 9, and then the baby is 2. Now, I expect more from my 10-year-old and my 9-year-old than I do from a 2-year-old. Truth of the matter is, my 2-year-old still messes her pants. 
That's okay. She's two. Time to make the transition. They're working on it. But it's okay. She's two. But it's not okay for my 10-year-old and my 9-year-old to mess their pants. My 2-year-old cries when she doesn't get everything she wants. It's okay. She's two. That's not okay for the 10-year-old. It's not okay for the 9-year-old. Paul said to these people in this Churches, he said, he said, by now I should be I should be able to feed you solid food from the word. But I can't. He said, I still have to bottle feed you because of your spiritual immaturity. Paul said, by now, you should be acting mature. You should be acting grown up, but you're still acting like a bunch of brats. Bunch of babies. Paul called his church members babies. I would never do that. I'm too sweet. Paul did. Paul told his church people, he said, by now you ought to be teaching others. But he said, instead, you're still requiring somebody to teach you. I believe that God wants me to issue a challenge to you today. And it is a faith challenge. And the challenge today is get off the bottle and get on to solid food. The challenge is stop being so immature and start Maturing. The challenge is stop being so needy and start meeting the needs of others. Now, I'm not saying this with lack of compassion this morning. I understand that all of us are needy sometimes. But some people are needy all the time. I understand that we all have our preferences and we all have our thoughts and we all have our ideas. I understand that. But it's time that we stopped acting like a bunch of babies, a bunch of immature brats. I'm just preaching what Paul wrote. It's time that we stepped it up a little bit. It's time that we grew up a little bit. It's time that we began to mature in our faith. It's time, amen, that we stop complaining because the service didn't meet our needs and start contributing to the service. The challenge of faith today is a challenge to be, a challenge to become challenge to go to the next level in faith. Two things that God wants me to challenge your faith in, in what he wants you to become. The second one is he wants you to become faithful. Faith to be faithful. Some of you have zero consistency in your faith. Zero consistency 
in your faith. You're like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You're up one day and you're down the next. You're in one Sunday and then you're out the next. You act like a saint on Sunday and a sinner through the week. You read your Bible and pray one day and then you skip 12. You come to church once or twice a month and it better be good when you get here. You pay your tithe when you are here, but not when you are not here. Or you pay your tithe if you have something left over, but only when things are going good and you have enough. Let me ask you this this morning. If you were to show up for work three out of five days a week, would your boss brag about how faithful you are? Let me ask you this. If you paid most of your bills, would your creditors say you were faithful? Let me ask you this. If you were true to your spouse most of the time, would your spouse deem you faithful? I believe that God wants me to challenge you to a year of faithfulness. Amen. A year of faithfulness. Hey, think about it this morning. What, what, what would your life look like uh, if one year from today uh, you had accepted and embraced this challenge? What if you went all year long and you were faithful to pray and you were faithful to read the Word and you were faithful to come to the house of God and you were faithful to tithe and you were faithful to give? Uh, uh, I wonder if there might just be a giant turnaround in your life Oh, if you embrace the challenge of faith that I'm giving you today. Proverbs 28 and 20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings. And Revelation 2 and 10 says, Be faithful unto death. Jesus said, And I will give you the crown of life. Not only do I believe that God wants me to challenge your faith, in becoming faithful, but also in becoming fruitful. Fruitful. Let's, let's look in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> Verse 22 and 23. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Let me ask you this this morning. What makes an apple tree an apple tree? Apples? What makes a peach tree a peach tree? Peaches. So in that line of reasoning, what is it about a Christian that proves he or she is truly a Christian? The fruit. Fruit. The fruit or the offspring 
of the Spirit. Someone came up to me before the service and said, I love the pictures, your Christmas pictures of you and your family. said, your son looks just like you. Glad he doesn't look like the mailman. I mean, he should look like me or his mother or the combination of the two. Come on. He's my offspring. He's my son. He's a part of me. We are the offspring of Christ. We are his. So the proof of Christianity... It's the fruit. Amen. Fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Hey, look at what Jesus said in Matthew 7. You talk about talk about a choleric. Look at Jesus. <laughs> at least here, verse uh, chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 15 through 20. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. And he asks the question, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Of course not. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Jesus said, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. How am I going to know if you're a Christian or not? Well, I go to the grace place. I know a few ungraceful people that go to the grace place. (laughs) Well, I'm a member of the church. I've known some members of the churches that I... Oh, no. How are you going to know if you're a Christian or not? How is somebody going to know whether you are a Christian or a saint or not? By your fruit. By your fruit. By your life. By the way you live. Remember that old children's church song? Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Too many saints today have forgotten the change part. The change part. Oh, they want the experience. Oh, they want the emotion. Oh, they want to sing and shout and dance about. But they still look like the world and they still act like the world and they still talk like the world. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 said, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and all has become new. And Jesus said in 2 Corinthians 6 and 17, Come out from among the world and be a separate people, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. See, some of you think that because we call this place the grace place, I can do anything I want to. I can say anything I want to. I can dress any way I want to. I can go anywhere I want to. I can do whatever I want to because of grace. 
Here's what grace means. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what you wear, no matter how you act, no matter what, 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 God has enough grace to love you, forgive you, and save you. It's not that we're going to open our doors and say, anybody come and be any way you want to and you'll never hear anything about it because we are the grace place. No. We'll say, we don't care how you look. We don't care how you act. We don't care how you talk. We don't, because you're a sinner. And we expect sinners to act like sinners. Playing golf the other day with a couple of sinners and they were good at it. But they kept getting stuck on this one word. Every time they missed hit a ball, it was every time they hit. And out came the S word. I thought, okay. But I thought about halfway through the round, don't you have an, I mean, you know, there's some, I, I think I remember some others. Don't you have a little variety in your cousin? <laughs> boy, sure enough, he shanked one. Boy, he, here it came. He did. I wish I hadn't thought that after that. We're the grace place, which means everybody is welcome. And we're going to love everybody. We're going to welcome everybody. And we're going to show everybody love. But we're still going to tr- preach the truth. And the truth is when you truly become the, uh, born again, when you truly become a member of the family of God, there's some change that takes place. Out with the old and in with the new. All things pass away and behold, all things become new. If you're a sinner, you ought to walk like a sinner and talk like a sinner and act like a sinner and look like a sinner. But if you're a saint, you ought to look like a saint and talk like a saint and walk like a saint. Amen. There ought to be the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness. All of those things ought to be oozing out of you. That's what ought to be coming out of your life if you're truly a saint. God wants me to challenge your faith today. He wants me to challenge you to bear some fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. He wants you to not only talk to talk, He wants you to walk. Walk. Sometimes I wish I'd never got on Facebook. Really. I do sometimes. I'll be scrolling down. And there's one of my members. And in that text, there's a four-letter word. I'm not sending you to hell for saying the D word or the S word. Or, but I'm going to tell you something. It ain't going to do much for your testimony. Come on. Hey, if you got saved three weeks ago, I understand. Some of you have been saved 10, 15, 20, 30 years and you still look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world. Hello? I mean, want Pastor Steve back. (laughs) He's better looking and a whole lot nicer. Got a nice tan too, doesn't he? Let me ask you this this morning. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Or would they let you go? Let me ask you this this morning. Are you a chameleon? How many, how many know what a chameleon is? Those chameleon lizards, it's a lizard 
that no matter what its surrounding is, it, it can change colors to fit into its surrounding. It camouflages itself. Well, there's too many chameleon Christians around. You know how to change colors. Man, you know how to be worldly, and you know how to be churchy. And it just depends on who you're with, whether you're worldly or whether you're churchy. Love the story of the pastor who needed a place to have church, and so he couldn't find anywhere in the whole city to have church except a bar. So he rented a bar to have church in. On Sunday morning, the pastor is the first one to show up. There was a parrot that stayed in the bar all the time. And Sunday morning, here comes the pastor as he shows up in the bar to turn it into a church for Sunday. And the parrot seeing him walk in, the parrot said, New bartender, new bartender. Fifteen minutes later, here comes the worship team. And the parrot goes, New band, new band. (laughs) 30 minutes later, all the people showed up. Parents said, same old crowd, same old crowd. (laughs) If I knew when when I started, I'd know when to stop. I forgot to see when I started. Oh, I've got a timer up there, but I can't see it because I'm, I don't know, I can't see it. Not only does God want me to challenge your faith in the area of faith to be, but also in faith to do. Faith to do. Let's, let's look over in, the, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, God's hall of fame of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which, were, which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Because before this he had this testimony that he pleased God. And verse 7 says it was by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Verse 17 says by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And verse 23 says it was by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. And verse 24 says, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And verse 30 says it was by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. And verse 31 says it was by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those that did not believe. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. God has an assignment for every believer. 
Now, there are many, many assignments that are same for all of us. Things that God expects out of all of us. Like reading His Word. Like praying. Like giving. Like witnessing. Like worshiping. The list goes on and on. These are... These are things that God expects out of all of His people. But then on the other hand, each and every one of us also has a specific assignment. Something that God has assigned to us and to nobody but us. Part of my specific assignment, not all of it, but part of my specific assignment in life is to be the lead pastor of the grace place. I don't say this with arrogance. I'm just simply making a a point of fact. Nobody can fill my shoes at this particular time in the history of this church. Nobody. You can find a preacher that preaches better than me, and that'll be hard to find. Still can't take my place right now. You can go find a better leader. Still can't take my place right now. You can go find somebody younger and better looking and, ah, man, more attuned to the here and the now. Still can't take my place right now. Nobody can take my place right now. Tomorrow may change. But for right now, this is my assignment. What is your assignment? What has God called you to do? Maybe God called you to be an Aaron or a her. And it's your job to stand beside me and hold up my hands when I get weary. For Pastor Braden, for Pastor Steve, for Pastor Pam, their assignment is to work with me and help me fulfill my God-called mission. That's their job. To represent me. And help me fulfill my vision that God gave me. It's not my vision, it's the mission, it's the vision God gave me. That being said, perhaps God is calling you to be an Aaron and a her to Pastor Braden or Pastor Steve or Pastor Pam. Oh, oh, they hold up their hands to help them as they help me. Maybe your God-called assignment is to be a light in a dark place. Oh, pastor, pray for me. i got to get a new job. Oh, oh, I live. Oh, it's like going to hell every, uh, every day when I go to work. It's so wicked and it's so vile and so vulgar. It's so ugly. Oh, God, pastor, pray. Pray that I'll get a job with a bunch of Christians so we can sit around at break time and sing Kumbaya. But maybe God doesn't want to put you with a bunch of Christians singing kumbaya. Maybe your God-called assignment is to be be light in a dark place. And if he pulls you out, there'll be no light there at all. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I don't have compassion for you. But I'm saying maybe that's your God-called assignment, to be light in a dark place. Oh, maybe your assignment is to be a missionary and your mission field is your workplace. Or maybe 
It's like the lady that came up to her pastor. And after an incredible service, at the end of the service, she said, Pastor, oh, I believe God has called me to be a missionary. And the pastor thought for a moment, and he said, I believe he has. And he's already given you a mission field. And he pointed to the five children that was in her home. Who knows? Perhaps God has placed in your hands the next Billy Graham. Somebody had to be Billy Graham's mama. Somebody had to be Billy Graham's daddy. Who knows? Who knows? What might be beyond those snotty noses and dirty diapers? I don't know what your particular assignment is, but I do know that God wants me to challenge you to a new level of faith. I do know that he wants you to stop merely being a spectator. And some of you, you're just a spectator. You come in here once, twice, three, four times a a month. On Sunday, you sit there and you spectate. Well, you've been spectating long enough, and it's time God wants you to move forward. He wants you to step out a little bit. He wants you to step it up a little bit. He wants you to mature a little bit. He wants you to stop being a spectator and start becoming a participator and start doing something for him. Man, I must be preaching good today. I've had seven people walk out on me. Amen, I'm doing good. I always know when I'm preaching good, people get up and walk out. Amen. God has challenged you to get off the bench and get into the game. I think I'm on time and a half now, deacons. <laughs> Let me just mention two things, and I'm going to do it very quickly this morning, and then we're going to be done. Two things that God wants you to do in the year of 2014. Talking about faith to do, and two things God wants you to do in the coming year. The first one is, He wants you to do what you know you should. He wants you to do what you know you should. You don't need a preacher telling you. You know what you should be doing. There are areas in all, and I say all, there are areas in all of our lives where we know we are missing the mark. Might be doing great in all the other areas, but there's an area or one or two that we know we're missing the mark. It might be our marriage. It might be in our spiritual life. It might be in our finances. Who who knows? The list is endless. Let me ask you this morning, what is it that you know you should be doing, but you are not? Let me tell you what the Bible says about that. The Bible says, he who knows what he should do and does not do it, to him it is sin. See, there are a lot of sins that, you know, not hard, you know, adultery and murder and lust, all these, you know, they're easy. 
Those are easy. We, you know, and they're even black and white in the, in the Bible. But the Word of God goes so far to say that if you know what you should do, but you don't do what you know you should do to you, may not be sin to everybody, but to you it is because you know you should. The second thing God wants you to do in the coming year is He wants you to do what you've always said you would. Not just what you know you should, but He wants you to do what you always said you would. What is it that you've always talked about, but you've never done it. Over and over and over again you said, you said, one day I'm going to do this. One day I'm going to do that. One day I'm going to do something else. Well, today is that day. One day has arrived. And God wants me to challenge your faith in 2014. Faith to do. Do what, Pastor? What you've always said you would. If we get the worship team back in place this morning very quickly and very quietly, please. There's something burning on the inside of me. There's something stirring on the inside of me today. Why in the world would you want to end 2014 as bad or worse than you ended 2013? And how in the world could you ever think that I can keep doing the same old thing and end up at a different place and end up with different results? How ridiculous. But I believe with all of my heart today. Oh, I know that, that many, many of you, many of you, oh, oh, this is going to go in one ear and out the other. You might remember it till you get home or you talk over the over meal. You say, well, I was going on with pastor today. And then it's gone. But I believe that there's a segment of people 2014 is going to be your year. It's going to be your year. There's going to be a drastic turnaround in your life in the coming year. And I challenge you and remind you that this is not my challenge, but it is God's challenge. And God's challenge begins with the challenge faith. The challenge of faith. Everyone stand with me this morning, please. 
If you embrace the challenges that I place before you in the next five weeks, your life can be totally turned around. Oh, you can become a totally different person in the year ahead. Oh, oh, but it all begins by embracing and accepting the faith challenge. And I ask this morning, I ask this morning, who will accept the faith challenge this morning? Challenge to be and challenge to do. And who can believe God for a turnaround in your life in the year ahead? Let me tell you that this is more than just some motivational talk. This is a word from the Lord this morning. It is a word from the Lord. Hopefully it is motivating. But it is a word If you're willing this morning to change, to, to embrace and accept the faith challenge today, I want you to get down here this morning very quickly. As you come, you are, you, you are saying by coming, you are saying, I'm going to embrace the faith challenge. I'm going to believe like I've never believed before. Oh, I'm going to go to a new level in my faith. I'm going to believe that God is going to take me where I've never been and He's going to do in and through me what He's never done in and through me before in all of my life. I'm going to stop being just a spectator. I'm going to become a participator. I'm going to get off of the milk this year and I'm going to get on to the Word, the meat of the I'm going to stop being so needy and I'm going to start meeting other people's needs. I'm going to stop being so petty about silly things that mean nothing. I'm going to stop concentrating on the few little things that I don't like about my spouse or about my boss or about my church or about my pastor. I'm going to start concentrating on those things that I do like. And I'm going to be a better me because if I'm a better me, things will just go better all the way through. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you, Lord. Lord, almost everyone this morning, almost everyone has come to this front this morning. Lord, they are embracing the faith challenge today. God, they are, challenge, they are accepting the challenge that you have put before them. Lord, I just pray today, Lord, that you will take each and every one of us to a new level in faith. God, to a new level in you. God, that we will mature in you. We will grow up in you, God. God, we will become what you want us to become. And we'll be, we'll, we'll, we will begin to do what you you want us to do and we'll get involved and we'll be part of ministry God uh, and we Lord will see you do great and mighty things in our life and in our midst in our ministry and in our church all for your glory we pray hallelujah give the Lord a shout of praise in his house today thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you